The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. to the Starry Night Theater podcast. I'm your host, Alex, and today things are a little bit different because for the first time ever, I am solo, sort of, but DJ is not here, and I never thought this day would come. I always thought DJ would make every single one for one year, and I'm not trying to make you feel bad, DJ, when you listen to this, but he was super busy this week with work he's been working really late long hours and he just could not make it here today so this is my first one alone but i do have a guest host and this was the first person i thought of when i was thinking of who to have on and uh would you would you like to introduce yourself hello my gracious (laughs) friends it is me it's Ryan. I'm back. Number three. Now, uh, we may be lost in the darkness without our, our good friend and guide, DJ, but that's okay. I'm here to take the reins and really provide you a, you know, quite a lovely experience today. You know what? I feel like you'd be really good at ASMR. Would I be good at ASMR? Do we have anything to eat in here? No. No? But you can do other things, like whispering. Hello, my friends. <laughs> Hello, Ghostlight Theater. All right, that's probably, you probably don't want that. I'm yeah. sorry. DJ probably already checked out. Yeah, it's okay if you click off now. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> okay. Um, But this, you have been pining after my co-host position since the beginning, since we started. So... You know, this could be your audition. You never know what happens to DJ. That's true. And I don't want anything bad to happen to you guys. You know, I just thought, you know, DJ and I have been, you know, good buddies for a very long time. And we just have this connection, this beautiful chemistry between each other. And I thought we could make something work out of that, make make sparks happen, make something beautiful. But he doesn't see it that way, you know. And that's okay. Still, still love you, DJ. You're a cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if anything ever happens, if he ever decides he doesn't want to do it, you're you're a top contender. Let's hope you don't have a mysterious fall, DJ. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I'm only joking. Or am I? Okay. Um, we also do have a guest today. It wasn't just going to be me and Ryan. Did you think it was just going to be me and Ryan? <laughs> Um, but Ryan, would you like to introduce our guest for the day? Yeah, sure. We have a wonderful human being with us here today, and his name is Mustafa. 
You may know him from a, a couple things backstage. You know, he's done a cool things behind the scenes. And today we're really giving him his first spotlight. That's so true. It is very true. All right, Mustafa, you want to take it away? Introduce yourself? Yeah, sure thing. <laughs> What's going on, good people? Um, I'm Mustafa, like uh, Ryan the Man just introduced me as. Uh, you know, was told by Alex, y'all needed some fresh blood in this mix, so here I am. <laughs> Wow, I love that. Um, yeah, I I was thinking of who to have on, and I actually really wanted you on for a while because I think you have wanted to get into acting, but you've just never really done it other than like a few things here and there. I'm a scaredy cat. <laughs> But you've helped out at the theater. You've done lights and sound. Well, lights. Just lights, yeah. But you've helped out in the back with Ryan, too. And uh, I thought you'd just be a good person to have on. Yeah, it's a very unique perspective, too. Because most of the people we've had here, they pretty much just focus uh, you know, on stage. But backstage, being behind the scenes, is just as important. Sometimes maybe even more important. Because you have to make sure the show runs smoothly. And mm-hmm. without you, the whole... Show just goes kaput and crashes. Yeah. I feel kind of important now. Which leads me into our sponsorship. If we didn't have our sponsorship, our whole podcast would go kaput and crash. So uh, thank you, JDS Electrical. Our episode is sponsored by JDS Electrical, Inc., licensed and insured. Call 716-523-2711 for all your electrical needs. Also, before we really get into today's uh, discussion... I wanted to shout out Jenna and Elena's podcast, Hear Me Out Pod. Uh, they keep shouting us out, and we keep forgetting. So, You know, it's it's absolutely wonderful. I haven't listened to it, but it's wonderful. <laughs> it really is. Accurate description. I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I'm sure I will. Well, I've listened to three and a half of their four episodes, and I, I really like it. I've listened to them when I'm working out in the morning, if I ever make it up that early. But when I do, they're probably the podcast I'm listening to. Yeah, I caught a snippet when you were listening to one. Oh, you did? Yeah, you were. I think it was on Instagram or something, and I was snooping in, paying a little attention. But it was a quick, quick, no. quick snip. Nice. Well, I mean, you don't even listen to this podcast. Can you believe that, Ryan? <laughs> That's crazy. And you want to know what else is crazy? I'm like 15 episodes behind, so... Whoops. Isn't that like all the episodes? No, there's like 40 episodes now. Oh, yeah. This is our 45th episode. Yeah, I That's crazy. Oh, my God. Is it? DJ's yeah. missing our 45th episode. Why is 45 a special number? It's just like well, at least, one of those numbers, you know? I mean, at least it wasn't the big 50. Like, uh, yeah. They, they, no. That's a huge milestone. Yeah, Next no, big milestone is that. 100. That's going to be wild. Hey, yeah, it's our 45th. I can say I've at least listened to the first one. So all of it, yeah. Why are you looking at me like you're <laughs> like I'm crazy? You're like you're like Nina, my roommate. She listened to the first one and then she she laughed. I I listened to her listening to it in our 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 home and she was laughing the whole time. Podception, but then yeah, but hasn't listened since. I want to give a nice thank you to all those gracious uh, listeners who have listened to all of our episodes. I'm not even one. So <laughs> shame on me, but you know, you guys, you know, you're dedicated and I love you for that. I really do. 
Thank you. That's some hard I, work. You know what was nice is today there was the Spotify wrapped. Oh, um, yeah. Do you have Spotify? I do have Spotify. Yeah, so do you, right? Yeah, but mine didn't pop up. Because you barely listened to it. I couldn't get my password for the longest time, so I was on that iTunes or Apple what? Music flow for, oh, okay, Apple. for a couple months, so <laughs> my stuff isn't very updated, unfortunately. Oh. I did see that there was a couple people that had their the Starry Night podcast as like their number one podcast. Yeah. I know, uh, I think Kelvin did, so... Thanks. Shout out! Yeah. Shout out! Shout out to Kelvin. He was on here last episode. What a guy! Shout out to Michaela. She also had it on hers, and I had it on mine. <laughs> so, um, thank you for listening. I I never really expect people to continue after the first one, but we're on forty five and we're going strong. Crazy yeah, I'm challenge. slacked. I got to pick it up. Yeah. Sorry, people. Yeah, it's don't. like it's like the show that you're so far behind in seasons, you're never gonna. Yeah, it's kind of daunting, you know. Sometimes thinking about the time, but yeah, and there's no Wikipedia summary to catch up. So <laughs> spark notes. Yeah. Um. Question: Why haven't you listened to the podcast? So part of it, part of it is like I said, the Spotify issue. I haven't been on Spotify just recently. It's not just on Spotify. It's on wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) You can listen to it on Apple Music. Dad, this is what what a terrible boyfriend I am. You know what's funny is I haven't... um, I never really asked you this. I never asked you why you didn't listen to it. I was just kind of like, eh, you know, I know he doesn't really listen to podcasts. I don't. This is uh, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I've probably listened to... Two other random podcasts, like a Joe Rogan podcast or something that my coworker put on while we were on a long drive home. But I think Starry Night podcast is probably one of three podcasts I've ever listened to. So, hey, you hold a big percentage of my oh, wow. podcast experience, you know, at the very least. So you were expanding all your horizons, you know, mm. your, your podcast experience and your theatrical experience. Mm. You know, that might be a good segue into maybe delving into your theatrical history. It could start... Wait, 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 wait. wait. We got to give B first. Oh! But uh, that was a good segue. That was a great segue. (laughs) You you ruined his bridge. I did, I did, but like we couldn't not do it. I forgot about the beef. Dang, you know what? My beef is the beef. (laughs) There we go. That's my beef. This beef is getting in the way. This big, disgusting slab of meat is in the way. In the way of a beautiful segue. It was. It was. I really didn't want to stomp on your segue, but I did. There's That's a piece right. of raw steak sitting in front of Ryan right now. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's it there's, there's maggots on there. It's who left this in here, huh? It's been in here for ages. It was you from the last time <laughs> you came. Okay. Yeah. Was that April? Yeah. Sure. I don't know when you came on. Sorry, guys. I leave a. I leave my beef lane everywhere. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Not cool. I know. That's kosher. <laughs> Is I think worse has been said. Okay, okay. Um okay, so who wants to start? How about our guest? Okay. Sure. <laughs> he he points to me <laughs> me and Ryan and I'm like, How about you? Yeah, nothing here is going my way so far. Um first gets called out for podcast stuff and <laughs> I'm getting put to the slaughter first. But hey, um so I actually got a couple. Um one kinda dumb, one a little bit more serious and more thought thought-provoking if you want to call it that but uh first one i'd say and i know alex has heard me complain about this on the road 
a ton. Oh no, it's a road but, one. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just can't stand it. So like, if you're on a two way road, like the ninety or something, and you're driving, if you're not going faster than the people on the right. <laughs> Get out of the left lane, man. You're not supposed to be in the left lane unless you're trying to overtake somebody. If you're cruising like a turtle, (laughs) stay out of that lane. It is the most annoying thing for me, and it causes so many traffic delays if you've been on the 90 or things like that. And it's pretty frustrating for me. You know what's funny is uh, it kind of ties into DJ. He's not here to defend himself. (laughs) (laughs) But he... Uh, he'll he'll ride on someone's butt in the left lane, and if they don't get over, he gets very mad. But mm. at the same time, he doesn't get over for the people that are going like 110 miles oh, per hour. God, that's, so that's just a sticky situation. No, can't open I, this can of worms I, again. I, I I'm not a fan. Let's just put it that way. And I know Alex is always uh, put off when I complain about this because I know she likes to hover in the left lane. She's like, oh, there's nobody behind okay, me. Okay, I, I only I only hover. When there is no one else behind me. Yeah, but the right lane's empty anyway, so... uh, Who cares? See? Once someone's behind me, then I move over. I can't I think most people are on my side. I can't do it. Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I like to hover in the the left lane. If there's someone behind me, I mean, I'll get over, but I like to to drive like it's Mad Max, so... Mm. That's fair. Also, if you listen to our podcast, you would know this was a beef, a prior beef. Mm-hmm. We're bringing up old beef, like yeah. the old beef sitting right in front of me. Oh, <laughs> Too much like, old beef. Like it was DJ or? Uh, I think it was me and DJ, honestly. You? Yeah, and it was um, VJ. Mm-hmm. Well, no, he's the, he's the slow driver. Uh, that was it. His was, he's the slow driver, but he does move over to the right lane. Good man. Yeah. And that's why I like VJ. Shout out VJ for being always 100% stand-up guy. Shout out VJ. For real. <laughs> what was your uh, your serious beef? Or right. was that your serious well, beef? Yeah, was that? No, no, no. That was, this, that was the somewhat stupid one in my opinion. But okay. um, the serious one, I, I, I could probably talk about this for a long time, but I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, people... No, you can talk for oh, however yeah? long you want. Oh, why, thank you. Normally, she tells me to shut up, so this is nice. This is the only time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say uh, it's something that I think about a lot, but people have a tendency of putting other people in a box, uh, you know, without really knowing who they are, you know, whether it's one action or, you know, even a set of actions. They tend to, again, put people in a box and label them a certain way, and I've had that happen a lot in my life, uh, you know, because of, Stuff I've done, and I've done a lot of stupid stuff, but I'd like to think I'm still a decent person, but not even in regards to me, but uh, more so, you know, when people see people pop up on TV or, you know, on their daily uh, just commute or whatever, and you see someone do something and you're just like, oh, that guy's a blah, 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 or that girl's a blah, 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 you know? It's like, well, if you actually had a camera on that person for their whole lives, you'd see that they probably have all the same problems you do just in a different form, you know, it manifests itself a different way. So most of all, and I know my friends know I love saying this, but do not ever put me in a box. I hate it when people put other people in a box, you know, let people live. You don't know what they're I going like that through. Beef. Yeah. That's, you know, stereotyping is not cool. It should never yeah. be done. For sure. 
even if happens. it's even if it's positive, you know, <laughs> positive stereotype. I mean, I'll take some of that. <laughs> so you want to be put in a box now? Everyone's unique and beautiful. Now nah, put me in the triangle. I want to be in what is it? A rhombus or a trapezoid? Trapezoid. trapezoid that's what it was. Mm. I want to be in the trapezoid. It's a beautiful shape. <laughs> <laughs> if you were a shape, what would you be, Ryan? Um, does a pear count? Because that's what I already am. <laughs> that counts. <laughs> I think it counts. Um, What's your beef, Alex? You know, I feel like I had beef early on in the week, and I can't remember what that was. So my beef is that this morning, <clears throat> I think DJ knows what I'm going to say, and I think you do too, Mustafa. But this morning... I start driving to work, and mm. it's not really snowing. It, it's like flurries, mm, light flurries. <laughs> and, um, traffic is going 20 to 30 miles, no more, no less, yeah. the, the entire way. It takes me 20 minutes to get to work in the morning. I work downtown, and it took me 45 minutes to get to work today. Yeah, so that's quite the increase. Yeah, and People... I usually if you le- if I leave later, like I I try to leave by in between six forty five and seven. Sometimes it's seven fifteen. If I leave seven thirty or later, the traffic is horrible. Mm-hmm. But I left earlier than that, and it was just it was as if there were, was a snowstorm and a ton of people mm-hmm. were going to work in a snowstorm. No, I mean, even for me this morning, it it literally felt like people forgot how to drive. You know, it, it, I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't want to blame them. You know, uh, it's uh, it's something you have to get used to again. I mean, that's the really the big first snowfall. So you mm-hmm. know, people are a little afraid to put their little snow booties on. You know, they're <laughs> they're still a little weary. You know, I did actually see an accident. Yeah, uh, last night was quite slippery out. It was pretty slick. My car was sliding a little bit. Mine was too. I'm not. I'm not blaming anyone or, or, I, I just feel like, oh, this was the actual part of my beef, which was, if I we are all going to go through this trouble of waking up early and spending money on gas and taking the time to get to work. Why can't some of us who have jobs where you can just work from home? Mm-hmm. And I was never really someone who was, like, a huge proponent of that. I was just like, yeah, you know, it would be cool if we could, but, like, that's never going to happen, so why even think about it? But now I'm really getting on that bandwagon because I'm I'm supposed to work from 7 to 3. Now I don't start until 8 o'clock, and I have to work till 4. So now my whole day is shot, and I'm working – I'm technically working – Longer than I should be just from driving. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, I can tell you my friends because I'm originally from New York City. So pretty much all of my friends, there's not a single one that has to go into the office more than twice a week. And most of my friends still work fully remotely. And it's like, you know, COVID's not flaring around like it was when it started coming up. But, you know, they're living the life. The way I see it, you know, they, one of my friends only goes in the office once a month. <laughs> once a month. 
I mean, the world has changed, though, for sure. Today, I actually had uh, an eye exam, and I walked in there. There's no doctor. I look up, and he's on the TV screen, and he's talking to me through there. And he's able to what? He's able to power the machine, the eye machine, oh, from wherever yeah, he yeah, is. Yeah. So it was super interesting. I've never had that. It was yeah. kind of weird talking to a TV, but... Well, why were you there and he wasn't? Well, I have to be there in person to get so they could check my eyes. But, like, why couldn't they be there? I don't know. It was a new thing they have. That, yeah. Um, They've had it for at least No, past I understand year. that, but they, I'm like, why do you have to physically yeah. go in? I mean, obviously, but, like, they don't have to physically be there. Well, it's because it's the lenses, right? The lenses, some the patient's got to physically sit in front of the lenses, right? But the doctor, literally, from their screen, they hit a button, and you just see the lenses go, bloop, 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 and you're just like, what so is So this doctor right is just sitting on his computer going, bloop, bloop, yep, bloop. yep. And getting paid. Yeah, making making fat stacks. For sure. PHAT. For sure. What? I just want to know, like, why they couldn't physically get into the office. It's probably just more convenient. Working for home might be more convenient in many cases. Yeah, which is my point. No. It's my beef. But what happens next? I mean, (laughs) there's a, a snowstorm on the night of one of the shows. We're all going on Zoom to put the show on. Go Slate Theater Zoom session at 8 o'clock sharp. <laughs> right. I feel like if you listen, well, you didn't, but Taylor was on two episodes ago, and she mentioned something like that. Like, they had a Zoom. She go, went to NU for theater, and um, I think they had a Zoom session where they all were trying to um, perform, put on a performance. Hmm. I'm not sure if I got that exactly right, Taylor, but... I'm sorry, but that's probably that would have been absolutely dreadful. Yeah, like that's just—I mean—the whole reason you see theater is to see it, you know, in person, with the set, with all that. If it was on Zoom, that's just—I don't know. There's—it strips away the magic and the beauty. Well, let me let me tell you this: like, what if you've got you know the older crowd? Because I know I've seen, especially on Sunday shows, you know, there's a lot of older people that come out and say they can't make it out what if you had like a live streaming service you know tickets are cheaper and you have someone who's filming in the crowd who's kind of focusing on different angles and stuff like that and you stream it and it's just available for that hour and a half or two hours that the show goes on now uh that does make sense but i feel like half (laughs) of the old most of the old people are just they don't even know how to get onto the live stream in the first place because like no offense that's, that's no, valid. no offense to you know our our wonderful beautiful glorious audience but some of them some of them are very old so you know they might not be the most technologically advanced that's fair not insulting that's fair but if they could I still like part of me thinks what if we did that. Would anyone show up? Mm. I mean, I know people would because there are people who prefer to see it in person. But, like, would we have less people show up in person? Well, for me, I know that, you know, and being more of an outsider compared to you guys, um, I kind of go there to be able to see everything at once, right? Like, seeing how, you know, like, if you had a live stream, you might be focusing on one character or something, you know, getting a close-up shot of them. But... I feel like half the fun is seeing how all the other characters and actors are reacting to the person that the focus is on in that situation. Or, you know, maybe some somebody with the lights is doing something in the corner that has something, you know, some relevance to the scene, but it's not, 
you're not going to capture that if you're just focused on one thing. Yeah, that's that, and that, that's actually a very good topic because that's an issue. Because I don't know if we still do it often, but we like to film our shows and rewatching the films as not nearly as interesting as seeing them in person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, for one, sometimes the camera quality is not great, <laughs> and like Amen. the the person filming it, it's a little shaky. It's hard to it's hard to see. But especially too, like like you said, like when they zoom in on one person. You might not be seeing the person across from them mm-hmm. really giving like a, an emotional uh, performance, even though they're silent, like they're reacting to what they're saying and you just don't see that. So it's just, I don't know, there's, you just, you just can't bottle up live theater like that. It just doesn't work. Right. And that's what I mean. So like if there was a streaming service at that point. I'm sure point, people do that. Right. Theaters do that already. Yeah. I, I, and I don't think I was like super novel with coming yeah. up with that, but you know, I was just thinking a uh, side revenue, you know. <laughs> but for me, what I was getting at is, if I'm going to spend the hour and a half, two hours to watch the show at all, I wouldn't live stream it. I would physically go in because I want to see all of that detail. But that's me just too. me. I agree. Yeah, I think theater is just an experience, right? That you need in person. But so, yeah, obviously, if you can't. If something is preventing you from mm-hmm. coming, then snowstorm. Yeah. Well, then we have to be there as actors. Hell yeah. <laughs> hey, that was that was a skit for. I would. Yeah, I was <laughs> just saying that. Yeah, yeah. Even if there's one person on the audience, you know, we're gonna give the best performance we can. Shout out Carla. Yeah, shout out Carla. Shout out here we sit. That's one of my top three in the theater. Is it? Yeah, I actually liked here we sit a lot. <laughs> Was, I'm honestly show. surprised. So was DJ, because when I told him that, he 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 like his head jerked back. He was like, "What?" He's like, "Well, I directed it, so that's good." So you know, he was happy about that. But I'm in. I I'm so surprised. I I personally think variety is the spice of life. And so when I saw a play <laughs> that's got six, seven, however many plays built into one, that tickled my fancy. <laughs> wow, good to know. So you like those skits? Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, and shout out VJ, man. Like that one where he was the drug Bills fan. <laughs> Holy moly. That that has got to be like top one or two performances that I've seen VJ do. And like he's had so many good ones that, but that one was seeing him completely out of his typical element. And he was so spot on. Like, oh my God, that, that scene was ridiculously funny i'm glad you he he was great in that i'm glad you really enjoyed it what was your do you remember all of them all the Uh, different i remember a lot of them i think the only one that probably didn't make too much sense to me was the dolls oh yeah i remember you saying that yeah like (laughs) for the point (laughs) it's just so absurd yeah it was it was kind of random but you know i still i still thought it fit into break down what you were thinking for those two minutes i was like I mean, if you want me to be brutally honest, I was like, how long are they going to keep doing this? Like, <laughs> I was kind of looking at it, and, you know, it, it wasn't too long, so it was okay. I, but... think, that's the, I think that's the beauty of that scene. Some people, I don't know, it, it's it's cool if you don't understand it, but I think that's the point, just because, like, it's funny, and then it's awkward, because it's like, okay, what is this? And you're yeah. just, like, laughing, like, what the heck am I even watching? And then it just kind of spirals out of control from there. Yeah. Maybe even into annoyance. Who knows? Who knows yeah. how impatient somebody is? Like, I think it fits. Don't get me wrong. Like, for the dynamic that all the different scenes had, I thought it fit. You know, it wasn't, mm. like, out of... It didn't feel out of place. And honestly, none of the skits did. But 
Speaking of out of place, I feel like we're still missing a beef. We are. I yeah. was going to get back on that after we finished this up. <laughs> hey, look at me because, co-hosting. Yeah, but like I I also want to get back to that, so let's not forget. Um put that right in our back pocket. Yeah. Um what Okay, we were talking about the doctor's office. Yeah, yeah eye doctors. Was that your beef? Oh, no, that no. was that wasn't my beef. It was from the work from home. It yeah. was an extension. Oh, okay, beef. okay. Yeah, it's like wow. Okay. So what's your beef? Um, you know, my beef has to do with Thanksgiving. Mm. I want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. Even if you don't celebrate it, I hope, you know, you maybe, uh, you know, you saw some family, you got out, you did something. But, you know, my beef is with Thanksgiving and the limit of the human stomach. You know, <laughs> I'm a, of course. I'm a, you know, I'm a little bit of a, a hefty guy, you know. I'm, I'm big boned, not afraid to admit it, you know. You're perfect. It's just how it is. And, you know, I, did you I, catch that? What he said? Yeah, he said I'm perfect. Oh, I thought, <laughs> I'm I a perfect peach. I thought you'd acknowledge that. No, I, I was going to. I thought you were a pear. Well, peach pear. I'm a fruit. <laughs> there you go. I don't know. But fruit um, cake. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I I really like to eat. You know, Thanksgiving's you know my day, but after like two three plates full of food and you just can't go on anymore. You feel like you're gonna blow up, and then you have some really bad heartburn. You know. I just wish there was a way to keep it, you know, cramming it on in and then not have these dire repercussions of the human body. I mean, you could just eat a little and then take a break and then go back. Mm, that's not how it works with me. <laughs> yeah. It just all goes in. <laughs> it, just all it was goes. delicious, though. <laughs> nice ASMR there. <laughs> um, What was your favorite food that you ate? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I'm always a sucker for a sweet potato casserole mm. with a little bit of like uh Brown pe- sugar. Yeah, brown oh. sugar and uh, pecans on top. You mm. know what? I never had uh, sweet potatoes with pecans. They're really good. Some people do it with marshmallows, too. Yeah. Yeah. The marshmallows is cool, but I, I prefer the pecans, to be honest. But I just had them. Uh, this past Thanksgiving, and they were so it was so good. It is very good. My mom needs. To it's do almost that like now. a dessert. If I'm yeah. being honest, it's just so sweet. Yeah, but you also um, did you make it something for Thanksgiving? Oh, the the Friendsgiving, or or Thanksgiving? Yeah, whichever. I mean, I, I make a pretty mean uh, dish of mac and cheese. <laughs> it's a secret family recipe. It's a it's a Walter's secret that we're taking to the grave. Is it really? No, I've given it up before. <laughs> it's craft. <laughs> what can I say, guys? It's craft. Yeah. Throwing a little extra cheddar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've made mac and cheese before, right? Yeah, and I uh I had a personal learning experience. So like I like to cook. I probably don't do it as often as I should, but Mac and cheese, the first couple times I made it, I feel like I messed it up because I didn't realize how important the balance of the cheeses actually is, you know. I was trying to throw in all of my different favorite cheeses, and they kind of competed with each other for the flavor profile, and then <laughs> didn't end up tasting good at all. It's so, a, it's an art form. I think you know, I remember it's, that. It's a delicate balance in an art form. <laughs> and you know what was also, you know what was also like a an exhibition of art? The Super Bowl that we just had. 
Perfect, mm. Ryan. Yeah. I love your segues. Thank you, thank you. Now I'm really, I'm really cooking these <laughs> up on are. the spot. You are. I'm proud of you. No, yeah, but the the Super Bowl, you know, the little soup party that we had, you know, I, I just from even like a couple of years ago, it's amazing to see how far we've come as a company and just see all the the crazy new things we're experimenting with. Like just as like a couple of years ago, being a member, you just paid some money and you got to come to like two different things, but now we have. All these cool different things that we're doing, all these little parties, get-togethers. It really makes it uh, worth becoming a member, and it really instills this sense of community that I really enjoy. The Super Bowl was awesome, though. The All the soups were amazing. I don't have a particular favorite because everyone did a fantastic job, and I ate so much soup. It was mine. <laughs> yeah, your your hot pepper soup was pretty good. but Banging. Wow. I'm glad you remembered. I did. I wasn't of sure if you'd remember which one. Yeah. Wow. It was Thanks. good. You yeah. See, everyone's was good. It hit the spot. I went home about to blow up, but <laughs> it was worth it. It was, you know, it was beautiful. Now yeah. that soup is really good. And hey, I mean, on that note about things to do at the theater, uh, you guys, you probably already talked about this on one of your podcasts. But if you come to the theater and you join up and actually partake. You might be in the Starries, right? <laughs> that was a cool experience. Yeah. That was back in August. Yeah. I had the privilege um, of being there. Yeah. Give us your perspective. Yeah. It was really cool. You know, we all dressed up. Put on, I put on my flyest shirt that I had, flowered up. And uh, it was it was really cool just seeing how everybody was so engrossed, you know, and it, it's kind of like a family. Honestly, it's become like that. I think once upon a time, at least based off the pictures I see in the walls uh, in the basement at the theater, there there was like a past generation, and now I feel like there's a lot of fresh blood um, in the theater. So it's kind of cool seeing seeing how close-knit everyone is or tight-knit everyone is. And, you know, I kind of weave myself in there where I can, but <laughs> maybe a little bit more would be better. Did you like the part where I was in the, the diaper? That... Killed me, dude. And honestly, I wanted that skit to keep going. Or yeah, that. I could have stayed out there longer, but um, I didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we could have extended it, but we came up with that what day of? Yeah, like, pretty last minute. Everything was really last minute. A one though. Thanks. So imagine how good it could be with advanced uh, planning. Well, yeah, just like the Super Bowl, right? Because you said this is what the second or third year that you guys have done the Super Bowl. This is the first. This year. is the first. Oh, never mind. It, it's. I mean, it's okay if it was rough around the edges. All these things because it really lays the groundwork for how mm-hmm. things could go in the future. Mm-hmm. We're just kind of you know fumbling in the dark, seeing what works, what doesn't. I mean, in the past too, we've had the movie nights. Those didn't really stick. So I mean, you know, you just kind of throw stuff out, see what works, see what doesn't. Yeah, it's the beauty true. of a, a changing company. It's evolving before our very eyes. It really is. Um, Pretty crazy. So do you think the Starries are a good event to have? Yeah, I think so. And I mean, I, I don't know if the first one was open to season ticket holders if or, you know, or members in general. Uh, I think, I think it, it was, was only members. Yeah, I think it was members only. Okay, so become a member. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's a that's a really cool opportunity. You know, a lot of people do like dressing up and going out and, you know, you get to see the people that have had a profound exp- or profound impact on some of the best shows that have come out throughout the year, you know, and especially when you think about shows like, uh, forgetting his name, Sweeney Todd. So, like, you know, you you see the people that actually went into making that show and, you know, 
that was incredible. That was my first musical that I'd ever seen at uh, the Ghost Light or Starry Night. And yeah, it's 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 a trip. Is that your favorite show, Sweeney Todd? Um, I'd probably put Sweeney Todd in the top three. Okay, but... let's go in. Okay, now let's we're out of beef, so let's segue into like your. We can continue on that where you list like all the ones you've seen, mm-hmm. and then from there, like what's your favorite? Okay, so Alex, remind me because I might be missing a couple. But all right, so I've seen Sweeney Todd, I've seen Here We Sit, I've seen The Spiral Staircase, I've seen uh, what was the one that you were ah man, what's uh, I'm forgetting it's uh, there was like the set was one big living room, and then there were a bunch of people, Curious Savage, Curious... yeah, Curious Savage, that was the first one, yeah, that's that's my I think... first one. That might have been the first play I ever saw. Yeah, because it was my first well, one. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> so. adds up, ladies and gentlemen. That adds up. Um, I've seen what was the one that there was the woman sheriff who was the killer. Uh, um, night, a of, night of dark intent. Night of dark intent. Um, Spoilers. I, oops. No, you're fine. <laughs> That's okay. We've talked about a night of yeah, dark intent. I've, okay. I've <laughs> seen. Um, obviously, I've seen uh, the Halloween. Uh, the zombie one, forgetting uh, Night yeah. of the Living Dead. I've seen that twice. Um, I partook in a couple that I didn't see, but I saw like thirteen thousand times because I was part of you know the the group. Um, that being like Nosferatu, uh, Yes, Virginia. There's Santa Claus. Uh, what's the other one that I'm forgetting? Um, Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol. Um, I'm trying to think what else there is because there's definitely a couple more in there that I've seen. Um, do you remember any of them? I'm trying to think of if there's any of you've missed that I've been in. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I know that's well. That's that's probably the, oh the lodger. The lodge. No, mm, did I see the lodger? You might have been in New York at yeah. that point. I don't think that might have been the like lodger. the one you missed. Yeah. Um. I saw Lottie and Bernice, the most recent one. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's the bulk of them. Um, so, do you want to hear like which ones I like the most? Yeah, give us our, give us your uh, top three or maybe top five if you're feeling adventurous. <laughs> All right. Well, see, one the one thing that sucks though is I I came to watch Frankenstein, but I got weirdly oh, right. like ill slash had. I don't know if it was a panic attack or something like that, but all the lights got bright and I actually had to like go and get some fresh air and I couldn't watch the rest of Frankenstein. So I really regret that, you know, missing Ben's performance and his brother Dan, Dan, right? Mm-hmm. His performance. So like that's burned me. <clears throat> yeah. Cause you would have really liked it. And I was disappointed when you didn't, yeah. couldn't see it because like all like i was downstairs at one point you know like drinking water and just trying to get myself sorted i just hear ben screaming and i'm like oh man that sounds really good like i wish i was there like i could see that but uh i missed that so you know i'm giving honorable mentions to frankenstein I, that probably would have been in the top three if i had seen it because i watched like probably the first like 20 minutes and i thought it was really captivating um wow. but if we're saying top five mm, I mean, I kind of did like Christmas Carol. I it, it was long, but and maybe because I was at every rehearsal and stuff. But I I like the flow of that one, so I'll put it in there. Um, 
I did really like Spiral Staircase because I thought Spiral Staircase had a really tight plot. Um, sometimes I think plots can get lost, you know, with especially depending on the acting and stuff. It's not always like on track, but and I'm not saying that specifically about the theater itself, but just in general. Um, but yeah, Sp- Spiral Staircase, I really like that. Not just because you were the lead, Alex. <laughs> um, definitely here we sit, um, Sweeney Todd. And then I'm trying to think, and not necessarily in that order. It's kind of hard for me to pick a number one, but uh, hmm. that fifth one is going to be a little tough. Uh, nice ASMR there. <laughs> that's just yeah. That's just me being me. Um, shoot, I that's that's a tough one. I mean, you can have just four. Yeah, I think I think for now under pressure. I, you know what? Screw it. We're just gonna put Frankenstein in there for the five. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, a nice pity, pity, uh, pity five there. Yeah. It's okay. Wow, though. I love that. Only one of mine. I mean, I was in here we sit, but like. That was a sketch with a bunch of different things. And one of mine, one of mine <laughs> made it, and that's it. No, but I mean, hey although man. you said you said Christmas Carol, right? Yeah, and you're in that too, right? Yeah, but I was thinking you'd probably say like a Night of Dark and Ten or something. Weren't you in Sweeney Todd? Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. I was gonna say yeah. you're in Sweeney Todd. You're in the ensemble. That's true. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean. Hey, this is an unbiased opinion. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. just kidding. I'm just I don't kidding. Give you I'm not actually exactly. I'm not. At, I'm just. It sounded like you're fishing for it right there. <laughs> I was um, just kidding. No, but I mean, I, that was just. I was. I was saying plays that I've watched. I mean, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, I did really like Nosferatu, um, mm. and that's actually where me and Ryan were stage crew together, and that was a trip. That was. Uh, that was a fun time. Yeah, carrying that heavy frigging casket back and forth from the top stage or on the top level. Yeah, when we had to swap out the two different caskets, yeah. the one for the glass one. Yeah, that yeah, was, that was tough. that more? Like, it was like, I mean, it's like performing a, a surgical maneuver. I mean, you had to, there was all these steps you had to take every time to swap out the coffins and put them back in the, the archway up there, and it's a pretty tight gap, so you really have to kind of squeeze the coffin in. You got to watch your head, because like... Yeah, you can, uh, you can bash your skull. Yeah, luckily I'm thick-headed, so, you know, that wasn't too much of a problem, <laughs> but I, and then we had to put up those, like, electric candles and stuff, and then half the time they wouldn't work, and we're just like, ah, like, yeah, turn just, on you. <laughs> yeah. I remember uh, my favorite stage crew moment from Nosferatu is before the show when you were playing with the gun. Oh, yeah. And he yeah. didn't know there was, it was a, it actually produced, like, a, like a pop. And it was like maybe like two inches from my ear, <laughs> and you shot it off, and the sparks flew in my face, and my ear was ringing. Oh my god! Is like similar to the gun I I uh, shot in spiral. spiral? Yeah, it was that. Gun, it was yeah. the same gun. It was like right here. And I, it was like maybe two inches from my head, and he's like messing around with it, and then he pulled the trigger. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine because one night I shot it. Well, you might not have might have had the quieter it was the quiet it wasn't the okay. crazy ones yeah because yeah, the one time when i had the louder bullets it uh it i might hearing yeah it, it hurts for like a minute but yeah it was it was funny because you know me and Ryder on stage kind of like messing around and i'm like oh what about this this is and yeah you found it in the, <laughs> the drawer of the desk yeah. and you're like oh what's wow i love that you just picked up a gun and shot it i it's a prop in a you don't know you don't know why is there i mean we have 
I don't think Alec it was Baldwin pointing... or whoever it is. Yeah, uh, Rust. Yeah, Rust. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Hey, in my defense, I don't think. I think uh, Ryan was embellishing a little bit. I don't think I was pointing <laughs> it right at your face. No, it was. I mean, it was. I mean, I saw the sparks like out of the corner. It was close, but was you know, I like to exaggerate a little bit. But my my, it did ring in my ears for a little bit. Yeah, how do you think I felt? I was yeah, well, actually. Was, I guess yeah, it was pointing cr- towards you, but crapped your pants a little bit. But that's okay. I just remember uh, Julie was out in the crowd and she turned around and very disapprovingly looked at me, and I was like, oh, sorry. My yeah. bad. It's <laughs> all right. Fire was like looking at me too, and I'm just like, whoops. <laughs> but uh, you know, hey, I learned don't pull uh, gun triggers if you don't don't know what's inside. Which safety tip for you children out there, whoever's listening? Yeah, but they'll listen. Obviously, yeah, this is going out. <laughs> someone's listening. Don't pull an Alec Baldwin, or should I say, don't pull a Mustafa? But uh, yeah, no, I mean. That that was a lot of fun, and I definitely remember. Um, and I'm forgetting his name, but the guy who played uh, Dracula, Daniel. Daniel. He he. You know, I talked to him a lot, and he was at one point. I remember this is kind of sidetracking, but he was talking about how he's vegan, and you know, he's like, "Well, now you live in freaking Shangri La, you know, or like the time of your life where that every restaurant you go to has something vegan." But he's been vegan for like 20 years. So, like, wow. things were super different back in the day. You know, he's, like, doing his makeup, and we're talking about this. And, you know, just having the conversations with everyone. And especially, I like the choice of having a woman as uh, Van Helsing, right? And I thought Vanessa did a really good job of that. Um, that was a really good, like, really powerful performance. So I was a fan of that. Um, but, yeah, just just being in the back, being able to hang with the boys, Um <laughs> and try not to make too much noise so it's not uh audible out in the in the front i know we had some problem with the uh, cult people being too loud but it was a learning learning lesson it happens every show you know a lot of people you know they like being on stage but you know backstage it gets pretty kooky and quirky back there so people you know really like to talk and sometimes you know gets a little animated back there you know we're all actors we're all dramatic and whatnot so it gets yeah. a little loud but you know that's just part of the the experience. Yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed that. Um, on that same train of thought, my experience, um, if that's appropriate to go on about. Yeah. Um, so I've done lights for two shows. And I think the first show that I did, well, obviously it was Christmas Carol. But that was like personally my first experience ever of doing something theater related. Um, I had never been in a play. I uh, I mean, technically, I guess I still haven't, but... How did you come about doing the lights? Um, So I want to say that they couldn't find anyone, and you came over, and you're (laughs) like, hey, Mustafa, can you you do this? I think this would be a cool experience. And, you know, when when I was asked, I thought, okay, well, my car is a piece of junk. It's (laughs) the middle of the winter, and North Tonawanda is kind of far from where I live on the west side in the city. I was like, well, all right, I guess I could I could make that work. And I remember when it would get icy outside, I would, I'd get a little skeptical about whether or not I'd make it home alive. But <laughs> that's why I drove local. I remember I stayed off the 190 because I was like so shook. And uh, yeah, you had a pretty you see you see like the the pretty bad car, the blood, sweat, and tears. You know, we're, we're risking our lives to put on a performance for you people. For so you know, it's it's from the bottom of our heart. It truly yeah. is. But uh, no, absolutely, and I I definitely put my life at risk. But uh, no, I uh, for me it was it was again my first experience doing something theater related, and uh, I 
truly enjoyed it you know to the point where you know dj came along made some suggestions like oh you know usually we use these index cards and you kind of make cues for yourself and figure out what you're going to do and kind of asked him you know what well what can i do like do do you just want me following these cards that you kind of laid out or should i give it a little bit of uh indian twist or indian spice (laughs) and uh i was like i was like well you know and he kind of gave me the free reins and both times honestly because i did uh yes virginia there's a santa claus after that i don't know i guess i've got an obsession with christmas plays but which is odd which is odd because i don't you know i'm not i'm not christian so that but hey, it's a it's a great time a great time of year, and I I enjoy going to Christmas at your parents' house. You know that's that's like one of my favorite times of year. I actually get gifts, which was fun fact was not a thing for me growing up because I didn't celebrate Christmas, so I love that. But uh, just being able to kind of play with the lights and do different things like like try to follow an actor across the stage as they utilize the whole stage space you know like sometimes i've seen typically the whole area is lit up but i thought hey as simple as this might be maybe this would add some emphasis to what the character is doing and really keep the focus on them and i think it was julie she was like uh kind of like one of those like haggish ladies or whatever she had like a cart and she was like selling some (laughs) stuff or whatever and her during the scene she would go from one side of the stage to the other and i i had or rather dj had set up the lights so there was like a really bright red that was available to me all throughout the stage so i kind of moved that light across as she moved across and as she moved the light stayed on her so you know i thought i was really clever for doing that and no one complained about it so you know i kept doing it for the rest of the show um but yeah, it was it was a completely different experience from for me. I mean, just for background, I'm an engineer, a chemical engineer, so theater is probably as far polar opposite as it gets from what I do for a living um and what I've studied my whole life and don't get me wrong, I've always wanted to get involved with this kind of stuff, but I don't think I really had the uh fostering of that side of myself growing up, you know. I don't think I ever had anyone really encourage that and I didn't go and pursue it. I was more about like sports and doing things like that. So it's something that I regret, but having that opportunity to do it at the theater was, you know, it it was great. Honestly, I I really enjoyed it. You know, even putting my life at risk, I was willing to do it the next day. <laughs> so that was fun. And uh, especially seeing the crowds, you know, cause I think uh, Christmas Carol had a pretty good numbers mm-hmm. and seeing people stand up and, just having that eagle eye view, you know? You know, nice. that makes me really happy, too, because I think a lot of time people think, like, oh, like the backstage stuff is just, like, not rewarding in any way. But it's nice to see that even though you're not on the stage, you know, with that bow, you still find it very rewarding to see everything come to fruition. Absolutely. I mean, I know for a fact how important light and sound is. Yeah, uh, I mean, just it's just it. as important. It absolutely. I mean, it's cues, right? Like half the battle is cues, you know, a lot of and especially with Christmas Carol, maybe I'm getting too specific, but I don't think there's such a thing, I guess. But just uh, like especially when you have like kids on stage, right? Like just to help them along. Sometimes they'll dilly daddle. And I love the kids. Don't get me wrong. They're all great. Uh, Especially I don't know. I forget her name, but the girl that played Virginia and yes, Virginia is Santa Claus. Um, oh, Nora? Yeah, they're they're great, you know. 
but I think especially with some of the choir scenes, you know, they'd kind of be like rushing to get on or like freaking out when they're getting off and, you know, just getting them into motion and not just them, but everybody overall, you know, with lights or with sound, that's, that's important to the pacing of the play itself and pace is so critical. I mean, at least that's how I feel about it. Awkward silence. <laughs> no, I, wrong. I was soaking in everything <laughs> yeah, I was, you were I was saying. very engrossed in what you were yeah. saying. Um, I, I I mentioned this earlier, but I completely forgot you did lights for Yes, Virginia. <laughs> and I was in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you in uh, your barrel. Isn't that the one you're standing by the barrel gossiping? And... No, wait, that no, is, that's Christmas that's Carol. Christmas Carol. Whoops, whoops. <laughs> Getting I them all nice. swapped around here. <laughs> it was the office. You were the reporter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yesterday. Andrea Borland. Yeah. And I, and I thought you had a really good role in that. Like, Thanks. I, I, and that's not me just sucking up, maybe a little bit, but I thought, <laughs> I thought that was probably one of your most fitting roles. And I feel like I heard a couple other people say the same thing. I'm a... I'm a very diehard Yes, Virginia defender. There's some wow. people, <coughs> DJ, <laughs> who don't like that show, but I just have an, an an attachment to it. I really love the character that I've played, and I, I don't know, it just sticks with me, and it's, it reminds me of, you know, this loving Christmas time, you know? It's, dude, I do like dude, Yes, Virginia, too. Ryan was single-handedly <laughs> the comedic factor in he that was. play. and. I would just be waiting for Ryan to stick his pretty old <laughs> face through that door Aww. and see how people would react because you know it's going to kill people, you know, especially with the crowds. Like, there was one crowd in particular, they died. Like, it spot on, spot on. I thought you and VJ had a lot of good chemistry there. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. you. It's so hard for me to... Um, act alongside you sometimes because <laughs> I just want to laugh. And in, in the best way. No, she's laughing at you, bro. No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> laughing with you. <laughs> no, that's that's great, though. I mean, I think maybe one of the hardest things to do is to get somebody to laugh. Especially, I don't know, like, some people, It's I, I honestly find it kind of difficult sometimes. To make people laugh? Yeah. I, like, not maybe not in person but on stage sometimes like i struggle with that especially for some reason when we do comedies i don't know because like the whole well you're hiding it really well (laughs) i mean i don't know because sometimes what makes people laugh i like to ham things up i like to to sell it really sell it and sometimes comedy is very subtle and like playing it realistically yeah, there's a fine line. There, I, I, that's the biggest thing with me in comedy, is I don't know where that fine line is. I either play something very stupid and I ham it up, or I feel like I'm very flat. But I think that's the the subtle nature of comedy is trying to find that fine line. I, 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 I agree with you that it's there's a fine line, but I promise you. You're doing a better job than you think. You're yeah, doing. I mean, hamming it up can be funny. That's I mean, that's for sure. Yeah, just yeah. being a big goober on stage, you know, that's that's good stuff. Yeah, but it's just like there's not a lot of it. I feel like you're. I see you, and I'm like, you're capable. And when I see you getting ready to do something like that, I can almost see it in your eyes. There's like a twinkle, <laughs> and it's like, Thank oh, you. Ryan's about to do some funny stuff right now. Like I, I could see that coming. So. Thank you. 
this is uh not to be a whole uh kissing up session but you know what can i say ryan's the man thank you wow i appreciate all these compliments i'm just reeling them in here <laughs> yeah you savor them you want to go to dinner what <laughs> um sure sure wow i really thought that'd be a faster yes oh uh, yeah i mean i can come on a little strong me too me too <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah oh we should talk about uh so i mean technically i was gonna make my debut at the ghost light yeah um because you were going to be in a radio show mm-hmm. the live radio show and i'm i'm forgetting it's tales by the something. oh tales of the ghost light i don't know if well that's... that was a yeah, that was that, a show. Yeah, isn't that a show? No, it tells from the ghost so light. And I'm getting it mixed up. It might have been. But... Oh, that might have just been like tales of something in one of the titles. Because wasn't it multiple things? Yeah, yeah, it was multiple stories, and then um, uh, again, I'm I'm so bad with names, and Alex can attest to this. But uh, there was the one one dude who was the uh, like he was the host, and he had a very melodious voice, and I'm just not remembering what his name is. This is very foggy to me, so I'm not really going to be... Um, the only person I can think of is Trey. Are you thinking was, of Trey? I was thinking yeah, that, yeah, too. Yeah, so. yeah, it's Trey. Yeah, then that sounds familiar, yeah. he And I just remember we were all so... You know, at least I was excited because, again, that's my first time on stage ever. And then <laughs> dang old COVID hit, and it got scrapped real quick. So, yeah. RIP. I remember that I was supposed to be when we were, when we were going to do it on stage. I was supposed to be in the booth, yeah, just yeah, messing yeah. around. Yeah. And then I was there for a couple rehearsals when we were recording it, because we were we were I believe we recorded it, but I don't think it was ever put together and released. Because we did yeah. spend time recording it, mm-hmm. but I I've, guess it's I've just never a seen it. So yeah, I haven't either. I guess it's just a piece of uh, ghost light lost media <laughs> somewhere in the archives. <laughs> yeah, lost yeah. archives. Yeah, I I remember I had a there was a line I had I was like an old guy at a bar or something and I was leaving the bartender asked me like oh do you want another one I was like yeah I'll take one for the road and I was like yeah I'm from a southern <laughs> did you really say it like that <laughs> maybe not so embellished but you know I really hope not <laughs> <laughs> hey you saw my face too because it was supposed to be a live performance right that was my understanding of it so yeah originally were, yeah I mean I I. I did wonder at one point. Were you supposed to do an accent? No, I mean I just I just tried to sound like old and raggly, like yeah, yeah, I'll <laughs> I'll take one for take one for the road. Not I'm sounding super southern with it right now. That's just like it's coming off like that, but I was I was sounding more just like old and decrepit or whatever, like during it. It was it, it was honestly such a weird time. Even the other stuff we produced during COVID, I I'm not particularly fond of some of the movies we made. It was, you know, it was a, it was a hard time for everyone, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just kind of staying motivated to do these movies. It was just, uh, I don't think any of us were really feeling it. We were kind of in a rut, and we did uh, the Christmas show that's coming up, the the mm-hmm. Christmas Rose. We did make that a movie originally. I'm not sure how many people went and watched it, but I suggest coming to see it on the stage in what, like two weeks. Or is it next week? Next Thursday. Is it next Thursday? That's crazy. <gasps> I believe it's the starts on the seventh. Se- yeah, the seventh. But yeah, um, rehearsals have been going on, and I've been to the last. 
want to say two or three, but I've only, so I'm doing sound for that. And that's my first time doing sound. And, um, the first night I saw it, Julie was showing me the ropes, like all the cues and stuff. And then the second night I sat there and she sat next to me. And then, um, at intermission, she was like, is it okay if I just go down and like do my thing? Cause she also has a part in it, um, on the microphone in the back and leave. And she's like, and leave you here. And I'm like, yeah, I guess it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's definitely a little scary. I've never, I've never done lights, but I've done sound. You've three- never done lights. Nope. I've done sound three times though. Mm. Oh my God. I actually did sound for, um, Curious Savage. That was the first time I did sound. I was up in the booth. Wow. And then I did it for All Through the Night, and I did it for Jekyll and Hyde. Mm. So those are the three that I did it for. Wow. Nice. I'm surprised. I thought you've done lights before. No. Hmm. So from what I've, like, practiced so far, lights has... I think I told... DJ, I was definitely nervous about sound, and he said sound is harder. However, I think the way that they set it up um, has made it easier. I mean, it it all depends on context, because sometimes you're in a show, and the play takes place in one place, so the lights just come up, they're the same every time. Similarly, with like some of the shows that I've done, there's only been like two scenes in the whole entire first act and then there's only a couple scenes in the second act so you're really only cycling through a couple songs but when say for Jekyll and Hyde there was like 30 something scenes throughout the whole thing you're just cycling through all these sound effects and music and it really depends on Mm -hmm. how the play is structured that like uh, gives you what kind of workload that you've got throughout the play yeah Mm -hmm. for sure I think the way so there's like a you can use CDs and then also there's songs on the computer already. But I think we've transferred most of the songs that were on CDs to the computer. So it's all in one place Which is, mainly. It's so much more helpful because the issue with the CD is that there's a delay. There's like a, like a couple second delay. So you have to time it perfectly. I remember that, doing that for All Through the Night. That's the struggle I'm having even with the ones on the computer because – They'll start very quiet. Like, you know when a song first starts, the first few seconds, you don't hear anything? Mm -hmm. Well, it's like 10 to 15 seconds of not hearing anything, and then it starts. So yesterday we were in practice, and I was just like, I felt like they thought on stage I was missing my cue, but I was really just like, it's, I still have to work on um, the level of the sound, like, Mm -hmm knowing when to start it and then how high to bring it because some of the songs are super low and some of them are super high yeah you're always when you're on sound you're always fiddling with the the master volume up and down up and down to make sure you're not blowing people's that's how i feel your drums out but i mean at the same time too with the computer you have the ability to you know cut the songs down at least maybe like a point where you know you can hear something yeah we were talking about that but if that doesn't happen i'm I just have to time it so I start it way earlier. Yeah, there's and then just bring it up later. You're really just piecing it together bit by yeah. bit, like. And that's the thing you, it's just like acting where actors have to learn their lines and their cues and the staging and 
that's why lights and sound are just as important because the people working those um those systems are also learning their cues they have lines that they're not memorizing lines but they're memorizing where something needs to come in yeah and all these cues too like you have your cues and those your cues are like the foundation for the cues for the people on stage yeah they wait for you if you screw something up then the whole (laughs) thing gets derailed at least like with a scene you know, if it gets off the rails, you can, they can kind of rein it back in. But if you're if you're like not, yeah, you're like, missing all these sound effects yeah. and music cues. You're just messing up the rhythm. Yeah, yeah. The actors are like relying on you to get it right and be there. Right, and that's that's kind of what I was saying before. Like, um, just you know, along that same train of thought. Uh, if people are waiting behind a corner or something to come out on stage, if you don't get those lights up they might not come out, you know? And so for the timing of things and the, just how everything moves along, it's, it's extremely important, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to everyone, not even in the ghost light, just in any theater, you know, who's worked in a booth, worked as stage crew, even on crew, you know, sometimes you're, you're, you know, you're not on stage, you know, the audience might not recognize what you do, but I'm sure people around you do. And uh, you're all valued. A1. Nice. A1. Yeah. That that kind of reminds me of uh, one time speaking of, uh, well, kind of the opposite of what you were just saying. But um, you remember that one time when we were when we were stage crew for Nosferatu, there was one time you went out and we had a, like, mid-scene, we had to take some stuff off. And I'm, like, looking up at the screen on the stage, like, on stage, the camera, and I'm like, why is Ryan on stage? And I was like, Oh shoot! Like I was supposed to be out there helping him. He's just like scrambling. <laughs> you to just get... left him behind. Yeah, right? I didn't even realize. It, I... You know, accidents happen, and you know, you I... just gotta power through it and make it work somehow. He Do did. Remember... He, was, he was carrying like the plate of chicken and like a bunch of other stuff. You know, you remember that one piece of chicken that yes. Chris Fire ate for like three weeks? <laughs> like it was, it was ridiculous. Like, I, and I just look at the screen. I'm like, why is Ryan carrying all this stuff? <laughs> You're and just the... standing there not and doing like, anything. Oh, at that point, I'm not gonna run out because it was it was yeah. too late yeah were did you were you like waiting for him for a little or did you just uh i think i waited for a little bit but then i was like oh shoot let me just because it would just take too much time to go get you and run out so and i think i had everything but stuff does go wrong <laughs> i mean i've i've the the most notable things i've done stage crew for was nosferatu um frankenstein and most recently sweeney todd and stuff goes wrong all the time and you have to kind of sometimes it's in between scenes you got to sneak out there and fix stuff like um i was so mad at myself for frankenstein one of the nights we had a uh, the tree that the creature gets tied to the branches started falling out so i ran out there in the middle of this, uh in the middle of the uh the blackout to try to put the the branches back in, and the lights came up. And I'm on stage, and I just <laughs> I just run off at lightning speed because I oh wanted God. to fix it. And I was like, oh, dang it. Got caught out there. But, you know, that happens sometimes. Even during Sweeney Todd, too, how many times uh, – oh, oh, this should have been my beef for today. Okay. Uh, smoke machines, they never work. Anytime you want the, those suckers to work – the moment their light is green for the fog to go, the moment you need them to work, the light shuts off and it doesn't spew anything. <laughs> All the time during Sweeney Todd, there's like curtains that would get messed up, smoke machines wouldn't work, 
very rarely did things go right. But Yeah, I feel like the smoke machines are kind of like the sound where there's a delay sometimes. And then you have to time it just right. Yeah. And it doesn't always work. Yeah, it doesn't always work. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, speaking of things going wrong, like, you know, you guys obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, you guys have a lot more experience, well, a lot more experience than I do, but memorizing lines, like, that's something that I find so daunting because I really only used to mem like I feel like I would only memorize things like that when I was younger. Like I would go to like religious school and we'd have to learn like verses and stuff and memorize those and that's the stuff that where I really like spent time memorizing things, but now I'm like a freaking goldfish. Like somebody will tell me something <laughs> and literally two seconds later I'll forget. Like, hey, what's your name? My name's Ryan. What's your name? Like it's like a Dory moment, like no lie. I don't know. Maybe I need to go to the doctor. But No, I have that too. I used to have a really good memory and now you you tell me something. Like if you tell me something, I'll probably remember, but like in terms of I'm I'm so surprised that you remember everything that you remember because you haven't really been at the theater in a while and you remember more names and like specific plays than I do when asked a certain question and I'm like See, I, I I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much. But I feel like it's not totally true. Like, I remember odd details. Like, the stuff that sticks out to me, I'll hold on to. But it's always usually stuff that nobody else is really paying attention to because it's a super minor detail. But then I'll just forget what's happening right in front of my face. And it's like, brain, what are you doing? Like, what are you prioritizing, you know? But, like, I think about memorizing lines, and maybe it's just, you know, I maybe it's an acquired skill to a degree, but... Well, it definitely is. The more you do it, the more you get used to it. Yeah, but I, I just get so nervous thinking, like, what if I blank on stage? And I feel like that's a big... You're not alone. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like I'll actually do it, and I... Yeah. I feel like if I go on stage and I'm crapping my pants thinking about what my next line is, <laughs> I'm going to blank... I have a higher chance of blanking. Like the more anxious you Yeah, are. the more anxious. And I'm like, oh, no, what's my next line? If I just go out there, even though I, that happens all the time. I'm like, okay, I've practiced this how many times? I got this. I got this. And 99% of the time, you know, it, it goes well. Yeah. There's, you know, there's always a chance for something to, you know, mess up. But, you know, if you have a good mindset, and like sometimes you can do it. If you drop a line or something... It could just be minor, and the audience doesn't realize. Yeah, sometimes right. it just gets glossed right over. Right, right. And I, I, I've thought about that to a degree, but then I'm like, you know, what if you have a monologue, right? Well, that's and why you like... start you start light. Like, I, t I think I told you for Here We Sit. I was like, oh, you should audition for this just because it's something light. Mm. Um, but yeah, like so something, uh, a lighter part you just start <laughs> with and then work your way. Yeah, I think I think the closest I got... To auditioning was for Jekyll and Hyde. I was seriously thinking about it because there was someone at the theater. I don't remember if it was VJ or somebody, but they were like, "Oh, you should really think about doing it." And it kind of almost convinced me. And then, kind of almost, yeah. Then... I mean, that's I mean that's how I got involved. I I did a little bit of acting class because uh, DJ wanted me to, and then he was like, "Oh, you should really try out for this and this." And there's something inside of you that's just like. Maybe I should. Maybe yeah. I should. Like they're they're really they're really they have faith in me, and you kind of want to prove them and prove to yourself too. Yeah, you know you guys are uh, 
doing a good job right now. Um, yeah, I think you should audition. Yeah, you should for something. Yeah, I'll uh, definitely think about it. That's. <laughs> It's just that yeah, it doesn't have to be this season, but like you know, maybe next season. Yeah, it I could mean, be this season. This the next season, one is next Treasure season. Island, and then is, that's not a musical. No, right? um, you could be a pirate. Yeah. Arr. Arr. <laughs> oh, that's going to be pretty crazy. I was thinking about this too. There is sword fighting in Treasure Island, and they use real swords. They're dulled down, obviously, but. I would like to audition, and I'd like to do some sword fighting, but the the threat of me getting lacerated by these swords is pretty high. It's pretty scary. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know you guys mm. used real. swords. They're real, like they're heavy too. They're big, heavy, like curved swords. Fun. Wow, yeah, it, it's I will cool. audition. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't trust you with the prop guns, so I don't. <laughs> yeah. trust you with your sword. Yeah, we're gonna be fighting, and you're gonna shank me like a Yikes. shish kebab. Yeah, baby, baby. All right, maybe I won't audition for this. No, one. okay, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, but I've, I've, I, I do think that it's something I want to do. I think you've mentioned it before to me. Yeah, and I, I do think, and maybe this is TMI, but I do think a lot of me not doing it stems from like my own self confidence issues or whatever you want to call it, right? You know, getting nervous in front of a crowd and wondering if they think I look stupid, right? And I know everybody who's ever acted has probably overcome this hump, right? Yeah, but. I don't know. I guess I haven't yet. I need that activation energy. I need somebody you, to push me over. You need to actually do it to get over it. Right. You yeah, know You know what point. would also help? I'm a huge advocate for this as well. I hope one day they bring back some form of adult acting class. And if that's ever the case, you should really think about it because you can then mm. dip dip your toes in that way too. Mm. Don't know if they'll ever bring it back anytime soon, but I would 100% sign mm-hmm. up for that. And I'm sure... But there's other acting classes, I'm sure. It's true, yeah. The area or Buffalo. I mean... And no, that's a great idea. I mean, I think that's definitely something you guys should consider offering if that's a possibility. Um, but like when I think about acting, I, I sometimes think about my regular life. You know, I feel like how like what percentage of the day can we all say that we're really being honest with the people that are around us? Right. Like I, I think about it and maybe this is a little serious, but I do think we all act in some fashion, whether it's at work, whether it's around your friends or Something like that, and I wonder what if I just manifest that energy to on you know towards the stage because I feel like I do do it. But it's <laughs> I'm right there so with con- you. I mean, with- that's just I mean, that's just how people act. I mean, I act differently when I'm alone or in front of my family or in front of you know right, you guys right. or my friends. Yeah, we all wear masks. Different social different situations. Masks. Yeah, right. And I think a lot of acting is just having control over which mask you put on and when. Right. And it sometimes has to point. do with even creating a mask for a character or a situation that you're totally unfamiliar mm-hmm. with as well. And that's maybe some of the hardest, like uh, my go-to example would be Ben for the creature. I mean, going into that, it was a real struggle for him. And I, he's talked about it plenty of times, but trying to put on like, trying to get into that mindset and put on that mask, I mean... That's the difficulty with acting, but it's also the beauty in a way. Mm-hmm. Really trying to figure out and be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, involved in the scene and the, the story you're putting on. Yeah, like and I th- committing. I also think that acting is very cathartic emotionally for people who um, may be struggling with self-confidence issues. I mean, it will 
also just help you gain confidence. The more you do it and the, the better you get at it, it, you'll also overcome your stage fright. Like there's a lot of benefits to acting that aren't just a, solely about acting, being an actor on stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because usually, and I think about that, you know, because I mean, I think Alex can speak for this. I'm usually a pretty loud-spoken person, you know. I'm usually the one in a group of people that you hear over everyone else, you know. Like I don't, I don't really have a problem with talking out loud and even you know metaphorically to say being the center of attention like it's not something i seek but if it's placed if that hat's placed upon me it's not something that i usually get uncomfortable with but something about them lights boy <laughs> something about them lights no yeah it's um it's serious i mean what once you go f- like you're rehearsing on stage and all that but once once the lights come up you know yeah. it's like oh shoot it's coming fast and you have to be serious i always used to be so afraid when about having my lines right and mm-hmm. i always used to be so nervous during rehearsals to miss a line because then i'd just be like oh i'm stupid and i mm-hmm. i can't get this but i mean over the years you just kind of you lighten up a little bit it's not like going to like impress anyone like oh i memorize this like rehearsal you have rehearsals for a reason yeah you can mess up and you also realize that everyone else is struggling along with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To an extent, that's at least. Yeah. I guess it's about, like, you know, how hard you are on yourself and, like, being yeah. a perfectionist. I like, I'm pretty hard on myself sometimes. Same. I, that's why I, I liked having a break um, in the spiral staircase as Helen because I didn't have any lines. And oftentimes when I do have lines... I'm saying them to myself in my head before I go on stage or like maybe on stage I might be like going over what they are before my line happens and I hate that and that's something that I want to overcome and I feel like with Helen I got a break from that and I could really just focus on the emotion behind everything. That's also really difficult too because you can't convey what you're want to yeah. do a speech i mean you did you did amazing in that role i will say thank you and it was it, it's got to be very difficult because i mean you only have one outlet to convey yourself yeah it and was definitely like am i giving enough in my face can people even see it from way back there yeah it has to feel weird though because it's not like a movie where you can be really subtle with that kind of thing i mean you have to yeah, like there's no camera close-ups but then you have to straddle this line too where you're you can't be like overblown, like doing all these crazy emotes and whatnot, <laughs> but you can't just be standing yeah. there like a stiff board. Yeah. So that was definitely something I had to work on. Yeah. I mean, I I really, and again, <laughs> le- not sucking up, but I really did, you know, really feel that. I mean, I think once upon a time when I was a young lad, I I wouldn't really be able to see my own emotions in other people but you know as i've gotten older and now i'm 30 years old but i can i can uh what's the word i can empathize with people better than i once could and when i see a truly emotional performance like i will get a tear in my eye you know and you brought a tear to my eye babe Oh, ew. I hate that you just said that. Please, no. You know, you did that on purpose. Yeah, I did. Because she knows I don't. That's her least favorite word in my vernacular, probably. Babe. Uh, yeah, she's she's throwing up into a no. dumpster right now. 
believe it or not. No, but, you uh, can never call me that. But yeah, no, I, I really did. Uh, I got I got a tear in my eye at one point. Um, and there have been a couple of plays where that happened to me. Um, and don't put me on the spot because I can't think of it right this second. But that, you know, for me, that's how you know that you're really doing a really solid job of getting your emotions across, you know? Yeah, I really appreciate having the opportunity to take on that role because I I also envision myself as, or always envisioned myself as like a dramatic actor and like getting really deep into mm. intense emotions and um, to be able to do that and not have to worry about lines and like the ending was my favorite part just because I got to mm-hmm. to cry out and like release everything that was building up the entire the entire play. Yeah, I think that might have been one of the scenes that got me because I was like, "Oh no, no, don't cry, poor girl, don't cry." But uh, okay. yeah, no, I mean that that was that was definitely super strong. Um, I was going somewhere with that, and I just blanked. Sorry. No, it's okay. It wasn't your fault. <laughs> were you gonna say something ryan no oh i thought you were no i was gonna say before i was just gonna say i think that's also the the beauty of theater is making people feel things oh yeah, yeah. And I, oh sorry no it's fine i was gonna say like it's just like uh such a wonderful gift to be able to do that yeah um yeah i i've always like I, and i've thought about it like in the shower or something i'm like I would want, I re, I feel like I would really want to do a scene where I'm arguing with someone, as stupid as that sounds, because I feel like that's something that I've done so much in my life that I could like reflect on and think about that I'd be able to bring more into it than just like a casual conversation. That's a random thought, but just the, thought arguing is there. is is very difficult. I have done it. I've done very little of it given the you know the characters I usually play. But even like during Night of the Living Dead when I played Tom, arguing it oftentimes it just leads to people screaming at each other. And no one yeah, really wants yeah. to sit through that. So again, there's so many things. Another fine line you have to straddle is you can't like it like so explosive. And there's time for explosive energy, but it has to be right and it has to be utilized well. Mm-hmm. So there's always there's, like acting is just even like Acting is the same with like maybe like writing a story or just like you're you're taking like this everyday interaction, all this like you know regular speak, and you're make you're putting it into a, a nuanced form. So you have to be super subtle with how you write it and very deliberate. And you can't I don't know just like make it just like go all over the place and like scream right. in and go on you know just a bunch of random. It's like over dramatic. Like yeah. it doesn't fit. You know, it's almost like, oh, my God, it's so embellished that it's fake. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, they are acting. Like, it doesn't feel like it's believable. Keeping it real. Yeah. That's what yeah, DJ yeah. always says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tells Keeping me to it keep real. it real. Would you two ever write something, whether a play, a book, and film, script? Yeah, Ooh. I mean, you want to hit this one first? Yeah, I'm actually taking a class right now where I have to write a short story. Ooh. Nice. Yeah, I haven't. I'm, I'm I'm in the works right now. I haven't completed it, but can I read it when it's done? Hmm. Sure. Nice. Me but, too. But someday I do want to um, 
maybe write a play or something, you know, maybe do something cool. I like to try to branch into some, I feel like I'm pretty creative, so I'd like to write something maybe someday. No guarantee, you know, I'm not going to keep pressuring DJ from, uh, you know, put it on at the theater. I wouldn't ask that of him, of course, but, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, on my side of things, uh, like, yeah, I haven't ever been in a play or anything like that, but for me, my creative outlet has always been writing, um, specifically short stories. And I know Alex has read a couple of them that I've written, um, but usually I'll get, like, 20, 30 pages into it, and then I'm like, uh, I, I, like, forget about it, and then... You know, it's like you lose that same fire that you had when you started writing it. You know, there was something going on in my life that was driving that story. Um, but then I'll forget about it for a little while, and then it's hard to come back to it. Uh, I, I'm a big, big fan of writing sci-fi short stories. I was inspired when I was in high school. Uh, maybe some of you listeners have uh, read the story before. It's called Nightfall. And I'm forgetting the the author, which makes me feel bad but he's got two versions of the story there's a short story version that's like 30 pages and then there's a book version of it and i read the short story in uh i took a science fiction uh english class as an elective my senior year and that was the only time in high school that i got an a in an english class (laughs) and good job yeah and uh, thank you no seriously because that means a lot to me because i for our each of our essays, you could call it, our teacher would basically give us an option to freeball it, and he'd be he'd say, you can just write a short story, and that'll count as your essay. And I jumped on that opportunity, and so every other week I was submitting a different sci-fi short story, and I got A's on all of them. And I was, I was astounded. Uh, you know, English classes in the high school I went to out in New York City were super difficult. They were, they were, our teachers were extremely critical of the thoughts you would present and things like that. And I struggled to get anything higher than a B plus through pretty much all of high school. And then the moment I started banging out those short stories, I was getting A's. And I still remember one of my friends, one of my uh, uh, cricket buddies, Zachy, who Alex knows, we we got out of practice one day super late and he, he was just telling me, dude, I can't, I can't write this essay. It's due tomorrow. And I was like, oh, I'll just write a second short story. I got you. And he ended up getting an A too. Wow! <laughs> hey man, take it, take it where you yeah. can. So yeah, you got to help the homies out. Yeah, and I I don't know if my uh, I don't know if my teacher could tell. He's like, yo, this guy never writes a story. He wrote, and then he wrote this one, and you know, but it worked out. It the, worked out. That's the beauty of writing. You know, a lot of times, you know, it can be very analytical, but with a different, you know, mindset, you know, towards like a creative. I mean, you can really do. You know, it's very malleable. Yeah, you can kind of do whatever you want with writing to fit your strong suits. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I always tend to float towards short form writing um, more so. Like I, I haven't really written any short stories. I would love to, um, but like poetry, and I always think that like I can handle shorter things, like short films, making a short film. Mm. Like to me mentally yeah. when i think about creating a two hour long film i'm like i don't even know where to start whereas like shorter things they're nice and sweet and you yep. can really like get everything out of those few whatever minutes or half hour or however long it is and really dig deep and get the emotion that you need out of mm-hmm. those things well i feel like most filmmakers start with like 
couple short films. Like yeah. you got to start somewhere. You can't just yeah. be like, I'm going <laughs> to make this three hour long, three hour long <laughs> massive cinematic drama. It's like, it's just not. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. That's actually something that like kind of goes hand in hand, I guess, with the short story writing. But I have always, always wanted to do short like episodes of like some kind of series or something just like on YouTube even, you know, like, mm-hmm. but to be honest, I guess I haven't dedicated enough time to it, but it's something that I always wanted to do. And I, I thought that might be <clears throat> that, that could possibly be like my first way into getting into acting, you know, like write something and then play a role that, that was kind of how I always envisioned it. Um, and there was a point I think where I tried to like recruit some of my friends to do it, but they were all like, eh, so that didn't work out but that's something i still have a lot of interest in you know if i could come up with something um definitely would want to make like a short series of videos you know that has like an overarching theme or something like that Uh, that's smart that sounds very interesting i think that could be just like tied to theater as well just like being real with yourself and knowing your strong suits and what you're good at and Putting it in whatever format, whether it be, you know, it could be writing a script or your strong suit in acting. I think, you know, it's really it comes down to like how, what you know about yourself and how you can use that towards the art form. Yeah, I think I think they're all different sides to the same prism, right? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I remember reading one of your uh short stories that you came up with you i don't think you ever finished it no i didn't that's typically what happens yeah i got (laughs) not just you specifically but like writers a lot of times i mean for me specifically i'll write i'll start writing something Mm -hmm. um probably poetry and then i just don't finish it um but yeah that one in particular i remember it was really good and i wanted you to finish it yeah you it it, and i that's crazy because uh, I used to work at Roswell Park uh, during COVID, and there were a couple months where they just straight up sent us home, and we only needed to work like two hours a week or something if there was like a document we could make, and we could do that on our laptop or something, right? But the rest of the time, I was free. So every day when I would wake up, I was writing for like an hour or two, and that's when I wrote that short story. I had the time available to me, and I was just thinking I should use use the time, right? I've, I've got it available to me. I'm being paid. Might as well do something I like. And I just banged out like those 20, 30 pages over the course of a month, month and a half, and then went back to work after that. So it was a wrap. But that story in particular is one that I would, I still think about it because I, I have the overarching idea of what I want to do with it. And I've told myself that I'd want it to be about somewhere between like 18 and 20 chapters. So it's a more like a short book, I guess at that point, but I got what five chapters into it. And it was supposed to be like a real flip the table on its head or flip the whole story on its head type of story where it's like reality bending sci-fi type thing, but it's not sci-fi until the very end. One of those. And maybe I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I'm novel for doing that, but I thought the way I was going to approach it would be would be cool. You know, now I'm thinking I'm going to finish that finish that story. <laughs> yeah. All this inspiration floating around the room, you know? Yeah. It's really getting bald, you know, 
go after your your dreams, you know. Uh, maybe one day you'll act. Maybe you'll finish that story, you know. That's what I like to see. Yeah. I like I, to see people motivated to do things. Me yeah. Too. I could use that in my life right now. <laughs> Life's been rough, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, these kinds of outlets, being able to do this kind of stuff that gives you an opportunity to manifest some of those things that otherwise are like hovering in your subconscious, I think there's a lot of value in that too, right? I know a lot of people use acting as an outlet just to get out how they're feeling because they might not necessarily have the best way of portraying it in their daily life. Very true. That reminds me of a, a uh, I don't know if you've ever read anything. She's a great sci-fi writer. Octavia Butler. No, but I feel like I've seen a seen a book with her name on yeah, it. Yeah, she's written, oh, uh, she's dead now, but she's mm-hmm. written a lot of books and a lot of short stories. And that's like the basis of a lot of her writing mm-hmm. is like pulling from the subconscious. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. You said Octavia Butler? Yes. Okay. Add it to the list. Yeah, I've definitely seen that name. I can envision it. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Oh, but even podcasts. I feel like you've mentioned before that you've wanted to do a podcast. Yeah, I I I have. I guess it's more so um and again, there's that self-confidence thing where it's like, "Oh, who's going to actually really want to listen to what I have to say?" But yeah, I think just like everything else, I just got to dive in and give it a shot. Yeah, that's partly why I wanted you on because I feel like you would enjoy it. I feel like you have a good podcast voice just from hearing you in the headphones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You do, yes. Oh, why, thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, not that. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I have one last thing I want to talk about, which is um, plays versus musicals. Mm. Where do you stand on that? Which do you prefer? Um, So, uh, I mean, honestly, I probably haven't seen a lot of musicals in my life, just overall. But... I have a really like fond place in my heart for the ones that I have seen. Um, like back when I was in high school, so I went to this high school called Stuyvesant out in Manhattan, and uh, we had a yearly competition for all the theater folk, uh, people who want you know like doing stuff like that. It was called Sing, and basically, the sophomores and uh, freshmen they would be one team, juniors would be one team, and then seniors would be one team, and each year would produce a musical and they would compete basically to see who would win for the year. And that's probably one of my biggest regrets of not doing in high school because like a third of the student body was involved with it and they would do things from doing dances during the plays to full on, you know, obviously like singing songs, actual acting through the, you know, like everything that's involved in a musical and they would make their entire stages They'd make the whole setup. And some of these... Uh, Were they like sets that you see in the movies where they're like absolutely absurd? Yeah, like, like no seriously. high school would ever put that on unless it's, they were like it's mega crazy. rich. It's crazy. No, and that's the thing. I mean, yeah, there were a lot of rich kids that went to my school, but there was a there was a, co- a term that one of my seniors when I was a freshman coined, and he was like, I remember telling him, you know, I went to a really poor middle school, and, you know, it was really dumb, and... That the like education sucks. He's like, well, welcome to the poorest, smartest school in New York City. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's reassuring. But no, I mean, the the school definitely made resources available. You know, like we had elective classes, like woodworking and things of that. You know, that lined up with that. 
And I think a lot of kids would take what they learned in those classes and put them towards the plays. Um, and I remember uh, my senior year, it was a big deal because usually the way it would work is the juniors would always win um, because they had like the most drive seniors were kind of like, ah, I'm about to be out of this dump anyways. Like I don't really care so much, <laughs> but juniors really had a point to prove, you know, they were trying to stay on top. And my class, my graduating class was the first class in like a decade to win our junior year and our senior year. And our senior year story, it was, it was great. It was the, the characters were basically the, uh, what do you call it? The mascots for all the different cereal brands. And there was a serial killer and, <laughs> There was it was great. Like there was Tony the Tiger, right? There was uh freaking uh Lucky Charms guy, I don't remember his name, you know. There was the freaking Coco Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs dude. Like and then uh Cap'n from Cap'n Crunch, right? Like these were all characters and it was so good. And I still remember like one of the dances, the girl I had a cr- crush on, uh, she was in one of the dances. I remember watching it. I was just like mesmerized, and maybe that added to the appeal of of wow. the show. But you know, it was it 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 was so Ryan. good. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't her, FYI. Um, but it 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 was crazy what they would do. You know, like full on Broadway esque performances, and like that level in at least in their like pro- the production wise. Yeah, production-wise, for sure. And, I mean, you could see how the quality would escalate between years. Like, the freshmen and sophomores, they that's why they got two years working together because they were kind of <laughs> rough around the edges. But the junior and senior plays, like, man, they were powerhouses. Like, oh, I, I can't put enough words to it. And it's a, it's a thing that still goes on. You know, like, the, it's, oh. a, it's a Stuyvesant tradition. And, you know, for any sty heads out there that might be listening, that'd be really coincidental. But, <laughs> yeah, hey, Buffalo is not that far from New York City. Um, but, yeah, no, that that was my experience with it. Also, you used to sing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, if you're talking about artsy, artsy stuff, artsy-fartsy. Um, I, I was in my uh, chamber chorus. So, Stuyvesant had two choirs. We had uh, big chorus, as we'd call it, and then there was chamber choir. Big Chorus would do more of the, like, grandeur, uh, like, traditional songs and stuff. And then Chamber Choir would, we would get some of the more unique pieces. Like, I remember we would sit, we sang, like, a few Beatles songs. Like, Here Comes the Sun was one of my favorites, at least when I could hit the high notes as a tenor. You know, when I when my voice dropped, which was very, very late. Um, <laughs> I didn't go through puberty till I was, like, 16. So... I was a tenor. Yeah, I was I was a tenor for two and a half years. A ten, you know, I started as a tenor one, and then became a tenor two eventually. And then you know, my voice cracked, and went I became a baritone. Um, but I was, you know, I, I I'd say I was one of the stronger voices, at least within my section. And I was also better behaved than some of the people that used to be there uh the baritones were notorious for being troublemakers and my senior year i was actually section leader so you know i was tasked with keeping everybody in line and i had good guys though my guys were pretty tame compared to the seniors that i saw as a freshman now why is it that i'm just finding out about this now why don't you bring those golden pipes over to (laughs) to our stage yeah i mean i i'll be honest i'm super rusty uh i my even as a baritone, I I would be able to double as a tenor two and 
like a high base. I might I had a pretty wide range, but lack of practice has tightened that up a lot. I mean, I think there's still room for like practice and getting back into it. And I honestly, I, I like, I like singing a lot. Um, especially when my boys have complimented me, you know, they're like, what the, like, what the hell? Like you can sing like that. It's, it's caught a lot of people off guard. Who knows? You might be like the next, uh, the next VJ. Like oh, it was crazy. It, it, you yeah, saw Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. Oh, right. When right. He, no, he, he was, did, did he? he, he, he pulled out the golden pipes. Yeah. I mean, you yeah, could, yeah, you yeah. could be next man. I mean, okay. Yeah. Okay. Who knows? Yeah, maybe people I'll... you wouldn't expect. I mean, I would like that. I feel like you don't really you don't sing anymore. I used to once upon a time. Yeah, life like, got me down. I don't even know if you ever really sang since we've been together, which is eight years. Like you yeah. did it a little in the beginning, but not really. Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's rare. It's definitely rare. But I did I did like in college because I remember like one of my favorite songs as just like from a vocal perspective was uh Ed Sheeran and I'm not like a huge Ed Sheeran guy but I recognize that he's really talented um but he for uh I think it was it was one of the Hobbit movies it might have been Desolation of Smog um he has a song uh what's it called uh it it's like Oh, so like it, it's like a super folk, folky. <laughs> oh my like, god! I did not think you were. Yeah, it, it was is uh, it's like fire, fire and rain, or something like that, or through through the song. through the fire, and it's it's just such a good song. And I remember I that's probably the last song where I would like constantly sing that, and that was one of those that my friends were like, "What the hell? You can sing!" Like, hey, it's uh it's never too late to. You know, start again. You oh, know, bring I some see new fire. Light. I see fire. Yeah, that's it's such a such a good good song. I love the whether it's a guitar or you know some kind of string instrument that that plays, but it's just it's it's an amazing song. Well, if you want to take lessons, I actually just started taking lessons with Casey. Right, right. Shout out Casey. Yeah, shout, shout out, out Casey. Casey. Thank you for reaching out to me and asking if I'd like to take lessons because I've been meaning to take lessons for years and years and I just never went out of my way to find a teacher. And I was thinking about asking Casey, but then I was just like, eh, I don't know. And then she reached out to me and I was like, okay, I have to. See, I like that. Yeah. It's building a uh, an even larger community outside of the theater mm-hmm. and all these people are connected. You know that makes that makes my my heart warm to see. I re- I really do like that. <laughs> People coming together because of the theater outside of the theater. It's really ingrained in the community. Yeah. Or at least building up to some point. Yeah. All right. Yeah. This was a good talk. This was a good talk. I feel like I talked a lot about myself. Th- that's the <laughs> well, point you're, yeah, you're, you're the guest. guest. Yeah, you're the guest. <laughs> you're the guest. Don't feel bad. I feel like every guest says something like, oh, I don't know if I talk too much. And I'm more like, no, you, that's the point. You're here. Cool. We're here to learn about you. Cool diggity dope. All right. Does anyone have anything else to say? I would like to thank everyone for, uh, if you made it this far, thank you. You know, I, such, I'm proud of how far we've gotten. Yeah. Such gracious listeners. And this was really fun. I know DJ might've been a little worried. We'd be, We'd be lost and in the dark without his beautiful, miraculous guidance. But we did it. We we did. Yeah, we we led the way through the perils. And Guys, we're at an hour and forty minutes. Hour and forty. That's pretty good. That is. That's great. Yeah, I'll say that. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, I gotta say though, just because we're talking about DJ, what what's his sister's name again? The one that uh, she was like the bartender at the last couple parties. Oh, Rosie. Rosie. Yeah, Rosie. Rosie. Dude, her costume of being DJ was <laughs> a one. Shout out to Rosie, dude. That's cracking up. <laughs> oh my god, she's gonna love that. She just dude, got a shout out, bro. I I literally saw her from the back. I was like, I did a head bob because I was like, wait a minute, is that is that? D- I was like, wait a minute. Oh like, my God. <laughs> seriously, that was that, that shout out. That was great. Wow. That's so cool. I love that you mistook. Yeah, like for a split <laughs> sec. I yeah. also did almost mistake uh, that one time I was sitting uh, behind Calum's girlfriend and just her hair and she had a hat on, like DJ. Natalie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, yo, Cal, tell DJ what's up. And then she turns around. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I did not realize. Like, I didn't see her face at all. I just saw her head. And they have kind of, like, wavy, similar wavy hair. Or did at the time. Yeah. She was wearing a hat like he loves to wear. So (laughs) I was stupid. And foot in the mouth moment. But anyways. That's okay. Yeah, we all do that. All right. Uh, This episode has been sponsored by JDS Electrical Inc. Licensed and insured. Call 716-523-2711 for all your electrical needs. Make sure to follow us on social media. DJ usually does this part, so... Uh, Sorry, I'm in, I'm inferior. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. All the meads. Yeah. Hit up all the socials, everyone! <laughs> um, I feel like I had something else to say. Have a blessed night. Oh, Christmas Rose. Come see come see Christmas Rose starting December 7th and running through the 17th, I believe. And then on the 17th, after the show at 7 p.m., there's going to be a Christmas concert. That's new. Yeah, we didn't even mention the Christmas concert. Well, here it is, well, everyone. We I think we mentioned it last time, but... Oh, yeah, well, come see it. Yeah, come see it. Come see the, come see the play and the concert and have a grand old holiday time. Yeah, and if you want to see what uh, what kind of older crowds we were talking about on Sundays, show up on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> no, not insulting. Love no, the old people. Yeah, no, not at all. They're they are very very sweet people. Once I held the door for twenty five of them straight as they exited the bus, and they all said thank you and smiled at me. Yeah, that was a uh, Lottie and Bernice. It's the old yeah. generation, I'm telling you. Yeah, they had something figured out. All their manners. They did. All right. See you next time. Bye. Adios.